Hey, fellow nerds, welcome to Research Hole, a podcast where I talk to artists about the research holes we fall down on the way to our projects. I'm Val Howlett. I cannot believe we're on episode seven already of Research Hole. I've been having so much fun so far, and um, this season, season one, is going to run through the end of June, and then we'll take a little break so I can just be in summer mode and hopefully go in some pools. I'm just really constantly thinking about the water at all times. Um, We're back today with our guest, Leah Felicity Lucci. Hey, Leah. (laughs) (laughs) Leah's a graphic designer and illustrator, and she told us all about her badass project, These Are Not My Ancestors, in episode six. So if you want to learn more about her, just just skip just back an episode. that out. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> this episode's going to be baller, too, though. So Yeah. Um, what, It'll be good. <laughs> you're going to get, get double dose of Leah. I don't know who asked for that, but I guess Val did. I, d- I did, literally. <laughs> Um, I want to tell our listeners, too, that um, I got a special second dose of The Muffin Man um, that none of you got to see, even if you follow Leah on Instagram, super underscore starling. Um, I drew her a custom Muffin Man just because I love her. She did, and it said it was just a text, but it was beautiful, and it had he was on a magic carpet um, with his cute little nose and his bit. His bow tie was even bigger this time; like he was excited, you know. He wanted to impress you, and he had a cupcake next to him, and under under and there were stars around him, and underneath it said, "I can show you the carbs." I like that you're singing it. Keep singing. Shining, shimmering, splendid. <laughs> Actually, you put in lyrics below. I'm seeing say, now. There were custom lyrics. There. Let were me like... open your mouth. Take you flavor by flavor. So many desserts to savor through an endless sugar sky. A whole new macro. <laughs> What's a macro? That's what my husband said. He's like, what the. Fuck? <laughs> Your macronutrients are your major nutrient groups. They are your carbs, your fats, and your proteins. And there's like ideal nutrient ratios you should get depending on if you're trying to build muscle or, or like lose weight or whatever. There's like different ratios you should try to achieve. That's why like when jocks are like, gotta get my macros in, they're like trying to get their ratio right for whatever. Oh. <laughs> Amazing because he just taught us something. Also, that's that's we open up. You know, we, we open up with the with the bangers here. These are, these are, this is an informational podcast. Um, Leah, you also sent me a little list of things you learned this week, and I was so impressed because there were so many, and I, I'm like, why? How? And and <laughs> my first question is how because I feel like I don't learn that many new things in a week and i'm wondering if you if 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 you listen to trivia things or read trivia things or Um, i well i am a fan of reddit's today i learned but i also i love that but also um 
a lot of these things are just things that came come up in conversation. Like we were talking about the, I made some Chernobyl joke and um, somebody was like, did you know the USSR, the kids eat candy made from cow blood? And I was like, that's bullshit. And they were like, nah, mother Russia. And then I had to Google that and it's true. Um, there's cow blood um, candy bars, chocolate and cow's blood. It apparently has a metallic twang listeners and, uh, and it's available on Amazon. So I ordered some cow's blood um, uh, candy. So I will, I will definitely report back um, at some point with my review of cow, bu- cow blood's candy, cow's blood oh, candy. Okay, you have to. What is the candy so our listeners can um, also it is, order it? It's called like hemoglobin or something. Wait, hold on. I have to, I have to click <laughs> on the link. It's called hematopin. Hematopin. And it is blood powder sweetened with licorice. <laughs> Whoa, that is some some European shit and, right there. And, and chocolate, and apparently it has a sweetness and texture. Um, it is actually listed in the ingredients, but it's like listed as something strange. <laughs> now, I have two questions that I think will determine my guess about whether or not you will enjoy the candy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. is, do you like licorice? And the other is, did you enjoy Diet Coke growing up? As you know, listen, first of all, you already know this. <laughs> I do. Diet Coke is my jam. <laughs> Diet Coke. <gasps> Diet Coke is the elixir of the gods. Uh-huh. Diet yeah. Coke is baller. That's like it came down. Uh, Zeus himself was like, wouldst thou like Diet Coke? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sky Daddy. I, uh, uh, I... episode title right there thank you sky daddy you, sky i i agree daddy. i agree with you about diet coke and um most of the people in my life currently are not big diet coke drinkers and i get that too because it's like i think it's one of those things that we just got and then we got used to and then nothing else like i can't drink a regular coke no even if regular coke had zero calories i wouldn't drink it same yeah, no. I would go for a diet because that metallic taste grows on you. I friggin' love it. <laughs> so, so what about licorice? Um, I don't love licorice, but I'm I'm going in, man. I'm gonna eat the blood candy, and I will report back. Like, will it make my teeth like red? I don't know. It's only five percent cow's blood, and I probably don't know. probably not. <laughs> Listen, I, I have so many questions. Ah, so if you're ever in like a city, like I don't think you can buy them here in State College. Like I live in the middle of nowhere, guys. But um, in, in Pittsburgh, they have like a candy store and you can go in there and you can buy like these weird independent sodas. And largely I do not enjoy them, but I always have to buy one. It's like a dollar, you know, why not? Support an indie business, even if it tastes like weirdness. And um, Especially. <laughs> Well, you gotta, you gotta know. You gotta poison the inside of your mouth every once in a while. It's it's a growth experiment. If you're gonna um, have soda, you gotta get those thrills. That's right. That's right. Take it where you can, guys. <laughs> we're old. We're married. We <laughs> things aren't as spicy as they used to be. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I, that's true. Valerie's life is way more interesting than mine. I've been. No, that's not true. I've been, I'm not saying no, that. No, I have been. I've been in a monogamous relationship for 18 years, guys. Like, it's just, it's just, you got to try the soda is what I'm telling you. (laughs) Um, Amazing. I'm really excited. I'm going to do like, you got to send me a text and whatever podcast number I'm in at the time, I will be like, report, report. Update. But like a little. Leah tried the soda. (laughs) Oh, um, okay. Wait, one quick 
one quick update about that. One, one, one quick thing before we, we move on to like the, the bulk of this this meeting here. Um, sure. The blood bars are on their way from like wherever the fuck. And they were originally scheduled to come to my house, you know, where one might ship a blood bar. But I realized I was going on a trip. So the blood bars are actually being sent to my job. They're just going to hang out. The blood bars are just going to hang out at my desk. And, <laughs> and my friends are like, well, what if your assistant gets... I have an assistant, guys. I really sound like a friggin' adult. Anyway, it's like, what if your assistant gets it in the... It's like, I don't think she's going to start just eating my Russian candy bars. And if she does, that's on her. She owes me more blood snacks. <laughs> Yeah, she does. Yeah. I, and also it would be a bold, bold move because she's a pretty new assistant, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think I would ever, I mean, regardless of, of their status with regards to me in the in the company, I don't think I would just open somebody's food and then start to start eating their Russian candy bars. I, I cannot imagine eating a co-worker's food. Like that is some sociopathic no it's terrible shit i I have some lean cuisines like what for a while there is trying to like you know make my body be less of a body and i had bought all these (laughs) lean cuisines and they're currently in our fridge from like pre-pandemic like are they even good anymore i don't even know i'm like i don't want to eat them but they're in there i should just be like free lean cuisines anybody else hate themselves you can have them (laughs) man i you yeah yeah, you you could bring them to the company fridge and say free, um, or you could just do everyone a service and, and throw them out. They, yeah, I definitely <laughs> had some like slightly disordered eating at various points of my life, so I definitely um, it, it should have dialed that back. Definitely not my best moments, but they're actually the cafe steamers, which aren't as bad. Um, they sort of like, they have sauce at the bottom and they sort of like, the sauce sort of comes up through and permeates. Um, they are not as bad as the other ones. I actually bought the better ones. I I guess I could eat them one day if I completely forget to pack something and I just don't feel like it. Maybe, maybe on a rainy day, like a literally a rainy day. Yeah. Or you, you, maybe you buy something else because it's not enough food. Especially the lean cuisines. Like, I feel like, I feel like, okay, I also, you know, have had points in my life where I wasn't a great, I had disordered eating, for sure. And I got to, like, you don't have to tell me, because I got to know all the smart ones. Um, like, oh, in, yeah. as, as a teen, I ate all those smart ones. And now, if I were to eat a smart one, which I have done in a pinch, like, I'm at a Dwayne Reed, and... I don't have time to go to Trader Joe's at work and I'm just like, fuck it, I gotta I gotta eat something. Right, yeah. And I need those I need those three hundred calories. <laughs> when I eat them now, I'm like, oh, this isn't enough food. No, it's it's really not. It's, it's like, like a you snack. gotta have it's them at least with a at least with an apple or something. Yeah, yeah. But. I would probably just make them free because like my coworkers, like not everyone is in um some people I feel are in a slightly food scarce situation. Um, yeah. there are a lot of college students and stuff, guys. So I, I might, if I just make them free, somebody will eat them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, they, I remember one of my coworkers, um, he just ate hot dogs every day because you can buy them for super cheap and they have a fair amount of like calories and fat and protein in them. Um, and he would just eat like, he would eat like two hot dogs without even a bun for lunch. And he was just, Oof. he just didn't have money because, you know, uh, college. state college is an expensive place to live and he's in college. So, 
And like our company pays pretty well, but like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pay to stay college rent, it's just not going to be pretty. And you might think like, oh, you live in East Jesus, Pennsylvania. Like there's nothing, there's nothing there. But the university, if you want to live downtown, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember, so like I went to hippie college and um, we did get a CSA for all of us because there was a farm on our college campus. Wow. Yeah, which was nice. But like also even a CSA is not all the nutrition you need. Like it's, a, you know, it's like some veggies. Right. <laughs> and I remember like being a broke college student being like, eggplant is bulky. If I get a really big eggplant, I could make it last several days because I could just stir fry it with one other thing and that's a meal. And like, I remember my roommate being like, at one point I like take like this sad ass like browning eggplant that's like been cut into three times like out of the fridge. And he goes, Val, step away from the eggplant. It was Kevin. (laughs) It was. It was Kevin. <laughs> I was like, it's Kevin. I don't even need to tell you into this story. It's Kevin. So we're going to talk about a historical lady called Lillian Green. Um, I think, I think you might like this one because it is a Pennsylvania story, Ooh. Um, and it is not a complete story either. Like some of the previous stuff I talked about, I feel like I. I learned a bunch about a person and I was like, if you want to learn more, links in the show notes. But this is a very incomplete story. Like, like if you Google it, you won't find anything. Um, so, so as far, I mean, if you're a scholar and like you do a real deep dive into scholarly journals, maybe there's stuff I haven't found, but. I it's it's all from old newspapers. My my main man, newspaper.com, newspapers.com, which lets you read historical newspaper articles. <laughs> oh, I love that. Are you familiar with Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania? Yes. How how are you what what is your relation to Jim Thorpe? Have you been there? Yes. Do you know of it? Yeah. I've been there. It's so from what I recall, and feel free to correct me at any time. Jim Thorpe was a dude who won some Olympic stuff, and then he died, and then he couldn't afford to bury himself, so the family sold the rights to his name to a town, so they bought the rights to this guy they didn't know, and they named their town after him? Is that correct? Yeah, that's mostly correct, yeah. Um, You'll understand why when you find out that the town used to be called Mock Chunk. I assume I shouldn't be laughing at what is probably a Native American word. Ah, uh, well, Native. It's interesting that you say Native American, Leah, because Jim Thorpe was like one of the first, like Native American uh, runners to, you know, make all these records and be in the Olympics and stuff. Um, really? Yeah. And the, the name fa- like Jim Thorpe, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, it's an Americanized name, um, but like the fact that they now this this very white little Pennsylvania town now has it is like it's like a source of great controversy, and like oh. Jim Thorpe's ancestors are tr- still trying to like get his body back, and like where's the body? Is it in Jim Thorpe now? I think so. 
there, there's, uh, you know, I probably many corrections will need to be made and like links in the show notes, blah, blah, blah. But um, as far as I know, like it's it's complicated because they want they want him to be in a like in an, you know, like a real Indian burial ground. Yeah. 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 Um, but Jim Thorpe, PA, like doesn't want to give up the name Jim Thorpe or the the body and also they like they thought it would be be, make their town more of a tourist attraction and it didn't like because it's just a fucking town yeah well people did people did back in the day um but like there wasn't like a mass the, the what they thought would bring tourism to their town like there wasn't like a mass bunch of people who were trying to be like let's let's go to the place where he's buried like uh, that's just what it wasn't the kind of tourism that made sense um do you know about the haunted prison yeah okay all right all well right. kind I, of i went on a so i was in jim thorpe for like a weekend and a thing, a thing Carmen and I have learned that we love is like a small town ghost tour. Yes, yes. Like, we went on it too, yeah. <laughs> you did? Okay, yeah. That ghost tour, if you're ever in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, go on the ghost tour. It's yep. so, it yep. is all levels of delightful. Like all the levels. Like it starts in an American Legion. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Our tour was led by like a 16-year-old. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Reading from a piece of paper, I imagine. No, she was great. Like, she knew it all. And she wasn't pretending to be a witch or anything. Although I do feel that she wore something witchy. She might Um, have been a witch. I mean, let her live. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, but all of the stories are really gnarly. Because the other thing that Jim Thorpe is known for um, is the Molly Maguires. Do you know about the Molly Maguires? some kind of riot and people died. I, I don't remember. Yeah. No. It's, yeah, it's really it. hard. It's really hard to understand that story. Like I've tried. Um, and, and that's sort of what I know too is like basically, well, I know a little more than that, but like it's a complicated, it's a very complicated story. The ghost tour itself, they talk a lot about the jail and yeah. how how Jim Thorpe, which was once, certainly back in the day when the jail was very active, was once Mock Chunk, or Mock Chunk? I think Mock Chunk. M-A-U, sure. M-A-U-C-H, space, Chunk. <laughs> chunk is a funny word. Yeah, it's just a really good word. Um, and that town was, it was a mining town. And it had all the drama of a mining town because it, like, all all the poor Irish immigrants were, like, sort of indentured to the company store and living very frugal lives and, like, going into these dangerous conditions in these mines. But also the town had, like, the people who owned the mines lived in the town and like the overseers and stuff so like you had this real wealth discrepancy and it's like it's like on a beautiful it's beautiful because the it's like surrounded by mountains and yeah the whole town is on this beautiful hill 
Yeah, and they used to call it the Switzerland of Pennsylvania. I did not know that. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, like it used to be a tourist destination just because it was so beautiful. Um, because you get mountains and water all at and 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 I love a hilly town where you can. That's why I love Pittsburgh so much. Like yeah, where you can like because you're on a hill, you could see so much of the town from wherever you are, and. Definitely, Jim Thorpe is like that. Um, but I'm I'm going everywhere. I'll t- I'll tell you what I know about the Molly Maguires, which like really have nothing to do with my- Lillian Green. But I'll just tell you because it's like good Jim Thorpe trivia. Um, <laughs> In case you guys need it. Yeah, you need I- it. <laughs> hey guys, this is the Research Hole Podcast. I don't know what you thought you were gonna find. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is what you get, man. Um, yeah. So the Molly Maguires were a secret society. Um, basically, it was really awful to be an Irish immigrant miner in the Pennsylvania hills. Like, it just sucked. And, um, many times, like, in order to, it was like a mob kind of situation in that, like, you had zero power. All the people who owned the mines ran the towns. So, if you need... So the Molly Maguires, like, they sort of got shit done for the people. Um, But also, it was accused that they, like, sometimes, like, did violence to or killed the boss men, you know? Um, That's that's fine. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) Like, they couldn't get justice any other way, right? And also, it's not even, it's not even clear, like... Historians really debate over how much murder the Molly Maguires actually did um, and, like, how much of a secret society it really was because this guy who got control of most of the mines in the area that included Mock Chunk, like, hired this Pinkerton detective to supposedly infiltrate the society and, like, tell all their secrets. And it resulted in about 12 people being hanged for like, you know, for, for being a Molly Maguire, and and in the news they painted this get this gang as like this this terrible gang of like shitty Irish terrible people, whereas like I'm not sure that's what it actually was. They like pinned a lot of stuff on them that may or may not have been them, basically. Um, and then they hung all of these people oh. and in in the jail in that was in what is present day Jim Thorpe. So when you go on the ghost tour, they'll tell you all these stories about like. Now, did you see the creepy handprint? The creepy handprint. Yeah, that's still there. Yeah. And it like has some words next to it about like, these are my words. Yeah. And it, every single time, for those of you who don't know, every single time they try to like like take the drywall off or like peel it away or like knock shit down like the hand just keeps reappearing fair as spooky yeah all these stories sort of related to yeah like the lore of the molly mcguire's being killed yeah it's very good guys go to jim thorpe and everything is witch themed or alice in wonderland themed there's like a harry potter bar there's a place that sells wands like this woman makes custom wands and you can go buy one I got, yeah, I got it's a, like I got a it's unicorn like a little, wand. You did. <laughs> yeah. 
and everything's a little janky like the food is not good anywhere but it's it's like a community of artists uh that sort of have taken up like little shops there and that's really neat they have an amazing store that is Alice in Wonderland themed and they sell banging tea if anybody ever goes and finds that store buy all the tea you can yeah and Leah knows her tea that's like a huge part of her life yep is tea yeah so that's that is modern day Jim Thorpe and a little a little little tidbit you're welcome (laughs) on historical mock chunk um but now we're gonna get to your lady my lady Lillian Green. Okay, I found this one article when dicking around on newspapers.com, probably in theory trying to like do research for my novel. It was in 1912, so it was the right year. And I love I love old newspaper headlines from the time because they were so long. Um, yes. You know what I mean? So this yes. is all in bold. There's like a headline and a subheading. They're like a novel, and they don't really feel objective either. They're like big stanky man who's obviously guilty is going to hang like it was (laughs) so real that's really true (laughs) there was no objectivity totally and so this is the headline is accused widow admits quarrels yes and then the sub headline is quote none can prove i mixed poison into his food women (laughs) woman cries comma speaking of insurance (laughs) so that you're right that's like a novel in itself right yes so this was on june 30th of 1912 and i'm going to read you some of the first article because this is how i came into the acquaintance of lillian green okay okay um basically they lead with a quote from her and this is the quote my husband became jealous of me i never give gave him cause for jealousy we quarreled over friends who came to the house conditions became so bad that I made up my mind to leave him. Um, And then it says, says Mrs. Lillian Green, who is confined in jail here, charged with being the case of death of her husband, Alan Green, in their home at Stemlersville, Carbon County on Monday. Okay. So then it says, Mrs. Green declared that her husband had been ailing for two weeks before he died. She said, I told my husband I was going away and he said, you don't need to. I inferred from that <laughs> remark that he intended to kill himself if I left him. Ew, gross. On another occasion, I told him my relatives were coming to see me, and he said they had better come now or I may not be here. It was remarks such as those which led me to think he had intended to take his own life. Okay. She just beat him to it. Ma- well... <laughs> Then it says, police say they found a large quantity of alleged counterfeit money in the house and had asked her about it. Yes, yes, I know all about that, said the widow. Alan. (laughs) Girl, deny, deny, deny. (laughs) Alan had it ever since he was a little boy, so he said. He told me he and his brother got it when they were children. Um, it came out to about 80 bucks in counterfeit money. That's which, a lot which, back in the day. Exactly. Like, not 80 bucks in today's money. I had asked him some time ago if I could have his insurance money if he should die, and he told me the two policies for $500 each were made payable to his mother, Mrs. Ew. Green continued. Right? I said I would, 
I said he would not make me the beneficiary. When I made up my mind to leave him, I did not speak about the insurance again. The poison was in the small bottle in the kitchen closet used by Alan to kill rats. He used to mix it himself, and I never touched it. No, I did not touch it at any time, and no one can prove that I mixed it in his food. She did it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was my thought, too, when I read it. I was like, she totally did it. And I don't even blame her. He sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) She can't even visit her own friends, like, or her own family, like... At first it sounded like he thought she was stepping out, but now he just sounds crazy. Like, let her visit her family. He sucks. He should be dead. Oh, right. He was like, he was like if you visit your family, I'm out of here. Um, I'm like, gonna... It's basically like, I kill myself if you go say, say hi to your mom. Yeah, exactly. He said, you don't need to, when she said Pardon? she was going away. Um, she said her relatives were coming to see me, and he said they had better come now or I may not be here. But, of course, this is all in her... Her words, sure. Yeah. Um, he can't talk because he was poisoned by... Okay, quick, quick side <laughs> note about rat poison. Like, has historical rat poison ever poisoned a single rat? I feel like it was only for killing A <laughs> Good question. Um, yeah, we're going to get into that, too. The, okay. po- the type of poison. We should get into it now. Okay, so let's get into it. basically, it's... Yeah. The poison is called strychnine. Have you heard of strychnine? I'm not familiar with its work because I haven't poisoned anyone. Yeah, yeah. And it's very, like, if you, if one has heard of strychnine, you probably have heard of it if you're, like, a old-timey mystery reader. Oh, okay, um, okay. Because, like, it shows up in, like, the a Sherlock Holmes book. Al- Agatha Christie uses strychnine poisoning Poirot, to propel a plot, yeah, okay, you know. H.G. Yeah. Wells, apparently, in his novel The Invisible Man, says... Strychnine is a grand tomic to take the flabbiness out of a man, which I'm assuming is a joke. Um, Maybe it was an erectile dysfunction pill. I mean. It's a flabbiness joke. (laughs) Um, It's a classy dick joke, guys. There's also like some Hitchcock movies. Uh, Like in Psycho, Norman Bates uses it to kill his mother and lover. So like basically... Old-timey shit, you might have seen it if you're into, like, specifically old-timey mysteries. Okay. Um, it's My a poison. My dad would probably know what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's a poison. Um, it's not, like, a subtle poison, um, which is why it tends to be the focal point of mysteries, in, in which the victim has been obviously poisoned. Murdered. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is... White, odorless, bitter, crystalline powder that can be taken by the mouth, inhaled, or mixed in a solution and given intravenously. Okay. Um, And also, it's strong. So only a small amount is needed to produce severe effects. Um, Today, strychnine is used primarily as a pesticide, particularly to kill rats. So it's still in rat poison today. Okay. Just okay. If you, in case you were wondering, <laughs> does that have a metallic twang? It sounds like it might. <laughs> no, it's tasteless. I think. Ah, uh, well, it says bitter. Actually, white. Right. I'm odor- confused because it said tasteless, and then it said bitter. Right. White, odorless, bitter line, bitter crystalline powder. I think honestly, oh, odorless. I think it- like it doesn't smell. Odorless doesn't necessarily mean tasteless. You're right, and I I am confusing it with iodine powder from The Princess Bride. That's why wow, I said girl. tasteless. 
Get your poisons right. I love that scene. That's probably my favorite part of The Princess Bride. But no, strychnine is a real thing and it's a different thing. It prevents the proper orientation of the chemical that controls nerve single t- signals to the muscles. Oh, you get, all f- you get all floppy and falling down. Exactly. Um, there's like an off switch, basically, that the or like what, what you would consider an off switch for muscles. Yeah. And if, if the off switch doesn't work the way it would if you took enough strychnine, muscles will have severe painful spasms. Ooh. And then this is the creepiest. Even if even though the person's consciousness or thinking are not affected at first, oh, God. eventually the muscles tire and the person can't breathe. Oh no. That sounds like the thing they give you like when you're when they're putting people down, like euthanasia not euthanasia. When they um the thing at the end when they kill the people. The... Lethal injections? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that thing that just like stops your heart and lungs, but like the, the only reason they like they paralyze you is so that like you can't twitch because it would be alarming to the people that watch you? Oh, God. Maybe. I think that's true. I, I, there will be show notes. I, <laughs> show yeah, notes. there will be show notes. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I'm reading more about strychnine. It gets worse and worse. I don't have. Uh, basically, it's an agonizing way to die. He was accused of poisoning him with strychnine. Um, they said that, that she put it in his Johnny cakes, which he would have for lunch. What are Johnny cakes? They are. I also did a dive <laughs> about Johnny cakes. They're kind of like um, like corn patties. Okay. Um, they were sort of like they came from actually Native Americans. Um, but they have sort of become a kind of like simple corn cake that is like common in Southern cooking now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just imagining cornbread. He just ate some cornbread basically. Yeah. I, it's not bread. Um, but I think it's unleavened. Um, okay. Okay. Um, it's said that Alan Green, the husband, gave his colleague a piece of cake from his pail, and his friend became very ill. His friend said that the cake had a bitter taste. And Alan often told him that all his wife's food tasted bitter. Man. So, yeah. So, I mean, this article that I Maybe he just wanted to die because his wife was such a bad cook. (laughs) Maybe, or, and maybe, like, like, that's the funny thing about this story is, like, we don't know anything, really, because, as you've said, like, the articles are not objective. objective. They're not objective articles. I feel like reading this article, like, they were trying to paint her as guilty. Um, They're not even using the word allegedly in there, are they? Nope. <laughs> um, and also... Like, her objections seem kind of lame. Like, they're not that good. Um, Except for her point that, like, the insurance money was going to go to his mom anyway. So, like, why would I kill him for the insurance money? Right. She just couldn't because she didn't like him. Yeah. There is another article where the story is a little different. um, And it says that the poison was purchased by her, her mother or Alan's mother to kill the crows for her farm. Um, so the poison at, at one point in this article, she's saying it's for the rats. And in another article, it's saying it's to kill the crows. Oh, um, a lot of pestilence there. I mean, either, <laughs> either Lillian kept changing the story or like the article was just printing every rumor. 
And they were clearly like for a minute for this summer, very interested in Lillian Green. At right. one point, they referred to her as Allentown's prettiest widow. Ooh, was she a hottie? Do they have pictures? Can we talk about that? I have a picture. Let me find it. I'll send it to you. Here we go. Here we go. This is the moment. Uh, yeah, she's. I mean, she's very pretty. I think actually she looks a little bit like me. Uh, so I can't say anything. So she's got low forehead, small chin, round head, full lips, modest nose. I feel like she kind of looks. Look at those brows, dude. She's got Liam brows. She's got great brows. To be fair, no one plucked their eyebrows back then, so everyone had very severe brows. Listen, um. don't drink the haterade. Even when I pluck my <laughs> eyebrows, like I, I couldn't get them down. Like they would just grow back overnight. Like. Listen, I hear you, and I am so glad that we are no longer in the early 2000s when yeah. eyebrows needed to be real thin. I couldn't get them there. I could never get them there. I would, I like, sneeze, either. and they would grow back. <laughs> so, I mean, anyway, this, yeah. This photo, it's, like, it's clearly a mugshot, I think. Like, I mean, it's not a photo, right? It's, it's an a, illustration. It's a but, nicely rendered illustration, though. Yeah, but she is staring at the illustrator, She's She's not smiling. She's a bit of a resting bitch face, yeah. Yeah, she has a full resting bitch face. And she is, she she looks like she could kill someone. Like, like she has the look on her face of someone who, for whom murder is an option. Like. This is a face that says, fuck around and find out. (laughs) But she is very beautiful. I mean, sure. Like, Again, it's a drawing. Like, everything about this is subjective, really. Um, right. I mean, I'd say she's a solid 9 out of 10. Okay. Okay. I would Leah rate her pretty nine. high. Leah I says would, 9, yeah. I'd give her a smooch. Yeah. I mean, what, I how mean, do you... Th- <laughs> yes, would would make out with, for sure. I mean... Definitely. I love, I love like, a toppy femme who's gonna maybe... Maybe yeah. kill you. And I'm, not mean, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into it further. But yes, would there's a out. there's the thrill of the unpredictable. <laughs> Lillian Green, ladies and gentlemen. So there are many questions here, right? It's like the question. There's the obvious question of did she really kill Alan? It right. Feels like she killed Alan. Um, it's certainly a more interesting story if she did. Um, the other question is why, right? Um, he sucked. Yeah. So so her, I mean, she implies that he sucked. Um, the fact that she implies he might have killed himself, I mean, that might be a cover, right? Sure, sure, sure. He might have just been overbearing and maybe- Like one of those people that uses his own emotions to control her, like- like claiming you'll kill someone if they don't do what you want is very manipulative. That's actually a manipulation tactic that most people don't realize is one. Yeah, and but but all that could be made up by her. That's true. That's true. We have a lot of conflicting ideas here. Yeah, and like there's also the counterfeit money, right? Maybe she oh, wanted true. to kill him and just take the counterfeit money. But it was clearly counterfeit money enough for them to look at it and be like, that's fake. So I don't know how far she could have gotten with the counterfeit money. Also, like, why not just steal the counterfeit money in bulk? Especially if you're not going to get any of his money. Right. Well, he's what's he going to do? Report like my wife stole my counterfeit money? Yeah. I mean, he's sort of going to self-incriminate there. Yeah. So there's, there's some questions. Um... 
In another article also, we learn that she's just 21, so she's pretty young. I also, I mean, I feel like, too, she might have been, like, she, they were clearly not rich people. They lived in, like, Bumblefuck, PA. I don't think that, it, they lived in Stetlersville, so it, they didn't even live in Mockchunk. Like, they lived in the country. Uh, they had a farm. Maybe she didn't like that farm life, you know? Well, apparently there were a lot of rats and crows. <laughs> That sounds stressful. The next juicy article I found was from July 2nd. Okay. Um, big long title. Alleged poisoner of husband held without bail. Mother denies her tale. Parent of Mrs. Green said to have contradicted statement about poison for crows. Okay. So in the, I'm not going to read you the whole article. It, basically, summary. The mother, her name is Mary Meinhardt. She lives 20 miles south of Mock Chunk in a wild part of the mountains. So this is where, this is the mother of Lillian. Is the phrase, do they actually write like wild part of the mountain? Yeah, that's in a quote. Yes. This is, the line is, Mrs. Meinhardt lives 20 miles south of Mock Chunk in a wild part of the mountains. Okay, I love that. Okay. And I think, okay, I think this is, this is also like talking, going back to last week's episode about like what you were saying about white trash I think it's like city people's sort of interest and fascination with mountain people right 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 like what are they doing like up the, there that's that is fully part of this is like okay. a fascination with this wild woman who poisoned her husband who might be white trash right yeah um the white trash they live among us <laughs> She, so basically, she said, so as we've said earlier, um, in an earlier article, Mrs. Green says, Lillian Green says, like, her mom bought the poison to kill crows for her farm um, and gave the poison to the family for the crows. Sure. So they go find the mother. The mother says she did not tell the young woman to buy poison so her mother could feed it to the crows. She said she never even mentioned the word poison to her daughter. Um, Wow, mom, way to rat out your kid. Yeah. um, And apparently it says, like, her sons corroborated this. Um... So she has two young sons, 11 and 14, and they were like, yeah, no poison involved, nothing. Um, The mother, the the, the brothers or half-brothers of the alleged murderess? Yeah. Okay. So they're like, yeah, there was no poison. We didn't get poison for her. Listen, if I murdered a man, my mom would have covered for me 100%. Yeah, or at least would have been a little more, like vague (laughs) i feel that my mother my mother would be real mad at me if i murdered someone but i think she would have been she would be vague in her conversations with the popo like she would say i don't know i don't know (laughs) i I, I buy a lot of poison it's hard hard to say maybe i could have i can't remember every conversation i've had with valerie you know that's that would be mom Um, right i buy lots of things did i buy poison i don't know probably (laughs) things just fall into the cart all the time but it says she still believes her daughter is innocent and that alan killed himself okay with poison with, with painful poison exactly like I get that there aren't a lot of options back then, like, but, like, people had guns everywhere. Like, if you're going to kill yourself, why not just shoot yourself? 
Oh yeah, you definitely wouldn't. You wouldn't slowly poison yourself. Also, poisoning is historically a quote-unquote woman's murder option. Like it's like associated with women all the time. Yeah, that makes sense in a way because it, right. it very often Winter. goes into food, right? Right. So right. Also, it's like considered like, oh, women are kind of weak and and mysterious. Like you know, like women, they're, they're out to get you. <laughs> Don't trust these those kind of thing. Um, the article also notes that there may have been. A conspiracy. Ooh. So it says two other people are under surveillance um, for the potential strychnine poisoning, I guess. Um, apparently there was a note found in Alan's bed saying his widow could claim his $1,000 insurance. And it says that that's fishy because Green had formerly been an insurance agent. The police said he knew very well he could not make the wife the beneficiary of his insurance without sending a formal notice to his insurance company. So it's trying to say, I think, that like maybe she collaborated with some dudes and were trying to forge a note by her husband that she could get the insurance money. But eventually, this whole thing goes to trial, right? <laughs> um, and they had this poison expert examine the body as part of the trial like the mush that was left of his body my god exactly and (laughs) um they had put his organs in jars furnished by the district attorney um they said his intestine was an unusual color um mr moffat from harrisburg who was the pathologist and bacteriologist they got in to sort of analyze stuff for poison he Mm -hmm. analyzed both the cakes, the Johnny cakes, sure. which I guess there were some Johnny cakes in evidence that they managed to like preserve. Sure. He also analyzed all of the organs in jars. Okay. <laughs> he found strychnine in the cake, but not in the organs. Weird. Yeah. But I like that twist. On cross-examination, he says decomposition would remove traces of poison and prevent him from discovering it. So he's like, yeah, she could have been poisoned, but this is 1912, and, like, I'm not, this, several months later, I can't find traces of the poison in the organs that you put in jars. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's 1912. (laughs) I guess what happened was originally, when the body was examined by the coroner, the used they said cause of death poisoning right yeah but in this trial he was like yeah i haven't i guess i can't say for sure it was poisoned like all of my knowledge of poisoning is theoretical yeah Um, i mean i went to college i was an english major so (laughs) i mean who knows so that that's why they brought in this expert you know and the expert was like uh yeah i mean at this point, I can't find poison in the stomach, liver, intestines, or kidney. Um, but there could there could have been. So she gets off. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it says the the title of the article is Judge Height Frees Mrs. Lillian Green. Um, and it says since they could not prove he died from strychnine poisoning, judge granted motion to discharge Lillian. Okay, okay. please tell me she went on to murder again. No. Well, maybe. I mean, totally possible, right? Sure, sure. The last ever article I could find about her was in the Pencil- in the Philly Inquirer. 
Um, it was just late July. So it was right after the trial. And it said, Mrs. Green with husband's parents. Isn't that weird? She got remarried. No, no, no. She's with Alan's parents. Okay. So it says, Mrs. Lillian Green, who on Monday was discharged at habeas corpus hearing for the murder of her husband, Alan Green, by poisoning with strychnine, has taken out letters of administration and will at once settle up her husband's estate. Mrs. Green is staying with her husband's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Hiram Green of Allentown, who took possession of the Green home at Sedlersville immediately after their son's death, because remember, they get the insurance. Right, right. And proposes making her home with them. They made her do it. Oh my God, maybe. Or, or... Maybe they were like, I don't think she did it because they couldn't conceive of this woman doing it. I mean, it's interesting that she got all of this press, but then ultimately the trial was just like, okay, yeah, we can't prove it, so you're free. That's actually pretty woke for like the day. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe a little bit woke and a little bit backwards because... Like, maybe, I don't know. I'm just thinking of the movie Chicago and how it was, how they talked about how it was very rare to hang a woman for murder. Like, they had all these murderers in right. the, the, the musical Cell Chicago. Block 8 or whatever. Yeah, but they only hang the one woman who, who pleads not guilty, who's foreign. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a p- partially because she was a woman that they didn't convict her, you know? Yeah. Or that she was pretty. It's, I mean, it, who would want such a face to be <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is Alan's parents better watch their backs. And we hear nothing else about them. We hear this final line in this article. She expects soon to become a mother. Wow! <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God. And then I Googled, you looked up and looked up and I couldn't find anything else. Oh, so you could get an ancestry account and then like see if you could find oh like my descendants. God. You're right. That I did not think of that. Yeah. That's do a it. really good idea. I mean, honestly, if if I lived a different kind of life and I was, like, a little more independently wealthy, I would just, like, write a book on her. Like, I would just, like, find everything I could on Lillian Green. Right. And, and you do a couple seances to try and get some primary sources. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would do the ancestry account. I'm sure, I'm sure there's more out there. There's probably more articles and, like, documentation in... The Allentown records, like all these local historical societies, like the Allentown Historical Society, the Jim Thorpe Historical Society, like that's where I mean, you're, you you're find only the, like, like an hour from Allentown. Like you should go. Why are you here? Go. <laughs> I gotta write my own novel though, man. <laughs> I, I get that, but like also like, just take a day trip. <laughs> you're right. You're right. What are you doing this afternoon? Just go. I mean, <laughs> historical after- historical societies are probably closed on Sundays, but um, I'm just saying. I mean, I am really interested in what it would be like to be her son. 
right. or, da- or daughter, like what it would be like to grow up with your grandparents and your mother who everyone thinks murdered your dad. Right. Like what would, what would that life be? I had um, a friend in middle school, her, her mother, her stepmother died of mysterious causes that were the same as the mysterious causes that killed her biological mother. And I think she actually found both of them. I could be wrong. Um, or at the very least, she had found her biological mother when she was like four. Um, it was this mysterious flu-like illness and um, the, everybody thought the father did it. Everybody thought the father killed both, but they could never figure out how. And my dad was like trying to, my dad's a pathologist and he was like trying to figure out like how might this guy have murdered these two women in like the exact same way, but he could not figure it out. Like no one could figure out how this man did it. Oh my God, it was that, like, that poor kid. Yeah. Yeah, she was in our school, but then I think it was like a private school. And I think like they might have discontinued his practice or something because she switched to public school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it like wrecked my friend's life. So being an accused murderer is not the party you may think it is. You might think it's all fame and autographs, but uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, even if you're deemed the prettiest murderer of the whole town. It's a hottie. <laughs> So that's Lillian. Um, wow. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Historical smoke show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am interested also, of course, in like, I'm continually interested in what makes it through time and what doesn't, you know? So like right. this never, she never got a book or whatever. Um, tell our tell all memoirs. Yeah, even though it's like a very salacious story. And I wonder if it's because, like, why? I, I don't know. But I wonder if it's because, like, like maybe there were just a lot of mysterious strychnine poisonings. Or maybe, <laughs> you know, or maybe, like, Mock Chunk had a lot going on. And, like, she, I mean, like, I don't know. I think... I've heard something about how over time in America, like murder rates have really gone down. Yeah. Um, And people try to say like crime and cities and blah, blah, blah. But like actually over time, murder rates have gone down. Source needed. But like I've heard Um, that. So yes, it is. I've heard this. Also, there is a book called by Stephen Pinker, I believe, called Better Angels of Our Nature. And I think that's also about how crime rates have gone down. Double check that. But I think that that is a book. That, that one might reference. Double check that. I also, I mean, I'm like thinking about Lillian being pregnant. Like, I wonder if she knew she was pregnant. She was just like, I cannot have this kid be, have this dad, you know? Right. And like, or maybe she can't, the kid she can't wasn't get divorced. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Maybe the kid wasn't the dad's and she's like, can't have him find out or, you know, anything having right. to do with the maybe kid. Maybe he was like a jealous cray cray, you know, because he sounded very jealous and like maybe he was not wrong to be so jealous. Or maybe she was a fucking sociopath. That's fair. I mean, maybe she was like, I want to live in Allentown with his parents as opposed to in Stetlersville with all these crows. Right. (laughs) You know? And like, if I kill him, then probably his parents will let me move in with him because of my baby. Right. You know? And plus, they have the money now. We got to leave room for her being a sociopath. Right. And they've got the money now. So she knows that she can take them the baby and take get the money indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, let's just do a real quick thought experiment. I mean, let's, let's do Lillian Green in 2021. So Definitely. 
Yeah. So if Lillian wanted to murder her husband in 2021, what would she do? And would the cops find out about it? I mean, let's just say she wanted to poison him. Let's just say she still wanted yeah, to let's do stick with poison. poison. Mm-hmm. First of all, everyone has read these Sherlock Holmes, Holmes, Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie novels. So everybody knows that that's a murder method. So right away, she doesn't even have that method op- open to her. Mm-hmm. Not strychnine. Right? She would need to find a, a different poison. Like you're already like in media saturation. People would know the husband was missing. Yeah, he wouldn't show up to work. I mean, because clearly right. he was at a worker of some sort because his co-worker was like, tried that Johnny cake and was like, oh, I'm really sick now. Um, right. The pathologist. She would, would not put it in his Johnny cakes because she wouldn't be making him Johnny cakes, probably. She no, she'd put it in his, his ham sandwich or whatever. She'd, <laughs> she'd, 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 take a, she'd take a syringe and put it in his lean cuisine. <laughs> Just mix it in there with the sauce. And it already tastes like shit. <laughs> You're so good at bringing it back around. Why don't you have a podcast? It would be horrible. (laughs) But then he would die. And then you'd have a pathologist on the scene in like 30 seconds. Because somebody would call a pathologist's cell phone. And they'd be like, we need you to come in, Dr. Buden. And my dad would show up. And he would be like, it's blah, blah, blah poisoning. Because my dad's like really cool and good at his job. Or so I like to think. (laughs) Yeah. Unless, Unless Lillian isn't a little more savvy. And like, I mean, certainly I think she would pick a poison that was did not have a bitter taste like she would pick a tasteless poison right maybe she would do it a little at a time i don't know i mean she clearly wanted him dead fast she's pregnant she wants i mean she also could have like a divorced him or b gotten an abortion neither of which were options at the time right so she could have gotten away from this guy if she wanted to also in modern society if somebody dies um I think, like, unless there's, like, really, really explicit prenup, everything goes to the the wife. Like, I don't, this whole, like, leave it to my mom thing is super weird. Yeah, I think, okay, I think that people can take out separate insurance policies for large amounts of money, but they have to plan it all out. So, So basically, he would have had, I think he could have still left money to his mother, but it, it would have to have been him just being like, oh, I, I really want this money to go to my mom. So I'm going to like put a separate thing out for her if I die. Right. Maybe yeah, I definitely think that the, yeah. I think that legally, I know I don't know what that is, but I think that legally you might have to, yeah, you might have to do something else like in order. I think it would have just gone to her. But I also think she might have just like aborted it or divorced him really before it even got to this point. Yeah. Because, like, my dad would have totally been like, this is a murder. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, like, not put the organs in jars. Let's, like, preserve it in a more modern way. And then... No, he would just, just be on the scene while the, yeah. the post wasn't even cool. Like, they would just, like, text, like, at, like, at a pathologist and be like, get up in this piece. He would go to the local general hospital or whatever and take a gander. Like, and... wouldn't, it wouldn't be, like, weeks beforehand. I mean, people have cars now and cell phones. But I think I think Lillian would have gotten a lot of fame in modern day. Oh um, yeah, she would have had like a made-for-TV movie made about her. Oh yeah, one hundred percent Netflix would, special. She would have like an intense-ass Facebook. Um, oh yeah, and there would be like vigils for her. People like she didn't do it. Yeah, you know, people would be like lighting candles and be like, "No way, she would never." Yeah. And then there'd be like a lesbian group that's like, "She's a hottie." <laughs> Not 
just lesbians maybe just a group right there's just a, it's just a facebook group like like hey lillian green is a solid nine the yeah. facebook group <laughs> there would be a lot of twitter memes like oh, related yeah. to poisoning and lillian and like right she, just she like this picture yeah. this picture of her being a bitch face it would be like it'd be like a graphic of someone doing something stupid and then we just cut to her bitch face <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, good thought experiment. I like I like thinking that through. <laughs> you want to go to something I learned this week? Yes. Please guys email researchholepodcast at gmail.com something you learned this week. Um until that, we're going with my dad's factoids. Um so my dad's factoid this time is about generations. Can you name various like generations, like way like what generations are caused? We all know about boomers, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, and millennials and Generation Z or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Are there any others you know? I'm no. gonna give you a hint. There's the okay. '80s, right? And the Generation X. Yep, Gen X. We got Gen X. So this name, whatever site Dad went. Oh, Wikipedia. Dad went to Wikipedia. Um. He so these this site names more of them. So there's baby boomers. Sure. Do you know when they were born? Um, they're my parents' age. So they were born in response to the people that came back from World War II, and they're like, "I'm back and I'm ready to bang." So <laughs> it was like the like the early '50s, I think, right? Like the early like the late yeah. mid '40s to like early '60s kind of thing. People came you back and they it. were like. Yeah. Time to get it going. Mm, mm, mm. What's interesting, so yes, you nailed it. Baby boomers are 1946 to 1964. Okay. But then it names this other generation called Generation Jones, which I've never heard of. Is that um, what Keeping Up with the Joneses is about? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't really know what Keeping Up with the Joneses, like I've heard it as an expression to mean like trying to be with all the hot new gadgets. Yeah. But maybe that was a show. The Generation Jones is 1955 to 65. So it's the same as the boomers. But it's like, it's like, I guess, the second half of baby boomers. Okay. Those are my parents. Yeah. Those are my parents, too. Um, I think they're at the, I think my parents are at the very, were born at the very end of boomers. Um, Because I know my mom was like a teen in the 70s. Um. Yeah, both of them were teens in the 70s. So, yeah, then there's Gen X, which is 65 to 80. Okay. So that's why they're teenagers in the 80s, right? Yeah. Because um, they were born in, like, the 70s or whatever. Um, then this lists Xennials with, like, an X. So not born 1977 to 1983. So, okay. like, the people who are sort of, like between x and millennials i've also heard them referred to as like the elder millennials right and and so millennials are 80 born 81 to 96 according to Wikipedia. um which i think this really because claire and i have had uh debates over whether she's gen z or a millennial um and she was born in 96 so technically she's a millennial but not really 
Like she's no. a very old, she's like an old Gen Z. And people right. refer to us a lot as elder millennials. Or yeah. I've heard I've heard early adapters, which I like a little more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were the last generation to grow up without the internet already there. Right. The internet grew up with us. So yeah. we had all the early versions of what y'all have now, right? We had AIM and we had live journal. like a live journal and we were very much on them, but it's like not, we didn't have, cell phones didn't do much. Oh no. <laughs> I, I had like a day of release original iPhone and everybody made fun of me. They're like, why the fuck did you spend money on that? That's so stupid. And Aww. now everybody has one. So fuck you guys. Yeah. You were just in a real early adapter. I was yeah. so excited. Gen Z is 97 or after technically. Okay. And then there's generation alpha. Ooh. They were born in 2010 or after. That's creepy. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to be like blamed for or called wow they they sound like they're like the next stage in evolution like they're gonna do i I don't even know what they're gonna do they're gonna save the world or something they sound amazing i feel like gen z the discourse i've seen around gen z is that like it's it's largely positive like oh yeah they're like love them they're like pretty woke and they don't really seem to they're like billy eilish right like they're super woke and they don't really care about like your bullshit they don't care about gender which is nice no yeah they don't seem to care they seem like they like organize like pranks on tiktok they seem to like harness the greater good using social media they they seem like unpretentious about their clothing choices like they don't seem to care a whole lot the big thing about millennials that people like to blame on us is i mean there's a lot people like to blame on millennials of course but a big thing people say about us is like we don't give a fuck about the world, which is also what they said about Gen X. Um, but they don't say that about Gen Z because they came of age in the like recession and they never knew a world without like 9-11 or Bush. Uh, it's so depressing. <laughs> We're sorry. We're so sorry, kids. The other thing that this all mentions is that there are all these generations that happened before boomers, and it says we don't talk about them that much. Um, so do you want to know what those generations are? Yeah, especially if they have funny names. Um, no, they don't. Although one of them is a creepy name. Do it. The Lost Generation. Ooh. Well, so, I, well, I know about the Greatest Generation. Yep, yep, that's the next one. What is the Lost Generation? What's their deal? So they were born from 19, 1883 to 1900, which means they- Oh, they, they like all died in World War I or the influenza or something? Yeah. So that's sad. They're all fucked up. The greatest generation is kind of fucked up too. I mean, they're the GI generation, right? Yeah, um, that's pretty rough. Yeah. And they're defined as shaped by the Great Depression and participating in World War One. This generation birthed the boomers, um, and World later became the grant. Or yes, sorry, World War Two. Um, yeah, my pop up was in D Day, and he mine said too. That, yeah, he said it smelled real bad. He oh. said people were like shitting themselves and dying left and right. Like he said it was like just, just a massacre. He said it was a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> it's known as like the great thing, but like people were terrified, and it was like just actually gross. I bet. I mean, my grandpa always said, like, D-Day was one of his four stories because, like, 
yeah, he had about four and he repeated himself a lot. Um, but, (laughs) but he, yeah, he always said that like, he just talked about how death is so random and that like, you just prayed that you wouldn't die. Like there's no heroics involved. Like people around him died. Something just happened to not hit him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's the silent generation. They came after the greatest generation, but before the boomers. Um, it says they're known as the silent generation because children of this era were expected to be seen and not heard. It also says that the generation was comparatively small, right? Because these were the kids that were born. Like the Great Depression and World War II, that would have been the time they were born. So it was just right. like not a great time to have a kid. These are the people who, like, fought during the Korean War. Um, They're also noted as forming the leadership in the civil rights movement. I think Korean War is also known as, like, the Forgotten War. Like, nobody ever talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Silent generation. I wonder if they'll think of our generations as sad, like, 100 years from now. They probably will. They'll be like, oh, my God, those poor people lived through Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's just going to get worse. (laughs) It's, ooh. They'd be like, oh, the millennials, they were the last ones for whom things were good. Yeah. You look back and you're like, that was good. Oh, my God, I overflicked my eyebrows. That was good. <laughs> I mean, we did think when we, we were told, many of us were told when we were children that we could do anything we wanted. Um, I actually think that was a hindrance because now I feel like I'm painfully mediocre. Failing at you know, all times, yeah. Yeah, I really kind of wish they hadn't been like, sky's the limit, you can cure cancer. I wish they'd been like, yeah, grow up and find a nice job and do your best. Okay, um, let's not forget to tell people where they can find you, right? Oh, my Instagram is super underscore starling. I am the most super of starlings, the uh, the scourge of the suburbs, the worst bird. <laughs> the best of the worst bird. It's a very beautiful bird. It looks like a night sky with stars. It's gorgeous. But also it will like, it'll start screaming at all your other birds and like tackle, like dive bomb tackle other birds out of your bird feeder. I think at some point, if you come on again down the line, we should do birding through Leah's eyes because <laughs> I just, I feel like you're really good at describing bird stuff and you have feelings about crows and feelings about, stories about crows and feelings about starlings. Okay, yeah. yeah. Happily, we'll have, we'll have bird day. I hope Thanks for coming to the Valerie happy hour. <laughs> you just listened to Research Hall. I'm Val Howlett. Our music is by Joey Howlett. Our logo is by Leah Felicity Lucci. Goodbye. Bye.